Welcome to episode 72 of the Fancy Alarm Baseball Podcast, joined once again by our prospect guru, and sometimes, no, I'm just kidding, all the time, NASCAR, uh, Brainiac, Matt Sells. How's it going this evening? Not too bad. Uh, not too bad. Just, you know, hoping to dodge the side effects from my second COVID shot. So far, that's going well, although I can't say the same for my lovely wife over there who's starting to feel the effects. And our colleague, James Grande, uh, and his fiance were really feeling the effects today. So, um, you know, but it's better than getting COVID. So I got I got my second one on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, it wasn't until after school on Monday. I just felt really run down. So I just went to bed early and, and, and called it a call. It, but then the next day I was all right. So hopefully the uh, Grande family can sleep it off, as, as can your wife. Uh, there's been a lot of news. Uh, we are recording this Tuesday evening. A lot of news in the baseball cycle that we'll we'll get through. Uh, we'll start with the the non-injury and all the other stuff. Um, there's talk that if the Oakland municipality does not approve uh, a new stadium to be built, that Major League Baseball has advised Oakland to look into relocation. Um, any initial thoughts on this? Um, well, first of all, what's taking baseball so long to get on this bandwagon? I mean, the sewer, the, the sewage postponements at Oakland weren't enough for you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily shocked by the news. It is kind of nice that they would come out and say it ahead of the actual hearings on the, uh, you know, on whether they're going to approve this plan to put it basically down by, like, the port. You know, down in like the port of Oakland or whatever. Um, but my initial thoughts when I saw it was, well, Portland, get ready for an MLB team because I think they're moving to Portland. Um, it just makes too much sense uh, for them to just move up north. They stay, you know, they stay out west. They go to the Pacific Northwest. They get a natural rivalry with the Seattle Mariners. They get closer there. Um, you don't have to realign anything, right? And the other thing is, I think it's a really good fit, not only because Portland has a bunch of fanatical sports fans. I mean, just look at how they support, um, you know, MLS and their NBA team always does really well in attendance and whatnot. Uh, but also kind of the blue-collar, work-with-what-we've-got attitude kind of seems to fit Portland, um, you know, as, as the personality of the city. So I think that's where they're going. Another spot could be Vancouver. Um, so that you get a second team in Canada, you keep them on the West Coast, you still get the natural rivalry with Seattle. Um, but that could be a little tougher until the pandemic, you know, rolls rolls through. Yeah, uh, I have a couple of just basic things here. First off is the MLB is making all kinds of money with these um, the side revenue streams from gambling. I know these owners are profiting. I don't understand why this Oakland owner can't just put up the money to keep the team there. Yeah, that's kind of the thing, too. I mean, the guy's been fairly cheap about things. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I saw today was that Gavin Newsom, governor of California, said that California has a $38 billion budget surplus. Why can't the state jump in and help out a little bit here? with i don't know if they want to give cash or just like tax incentives or something but 38 billion dollars in state surplus should you know 
grease the skids a little bit, I would think, right? Yeah, if, if they want to keep that team there, we'll have to see how all that plays out. Let's get to the baseball stuff because all those other things get me bummed out. Uh, speaking of bummed out, anyone who spent an early pick on DeGrom was loving this season. Uh, I think we're going to have to plan on almost everybody getting a little time off this year. So if it's now for Jacob DeGrom, that's probably better for his fantasy owners anyways. Um, he's on the injured list with the right side tightness. They, they were going to try and push him, and then MRI was clean, but they decided to err uh, with caution. So that's good news for, for Mets fans, correct? Yeah, but I still don't know if I trust them because they came out and they said the thing was clean. But, okay, you said it was clean last time too, right? Because he, he left his first start early. Like, the two starts ago, he left early. Um, because he looked a little funny when he was trying to warm up. So you took him out. You took him for a, an MRI. Didn't really show anything then either, right? And then they let him go out and pitch. And then they took him out early again because he was showing discomfort in his side. Now you're saying it's clean. Well, there's clearly something going on there. Um, and then they said, you know, we didn't have to put him on the I.L., but we did so that we could keep his uh, throwing mechanics like, you know, being worked on. And I'm like, doesn't throwing in a game help work on throwing mechanics? Um, it's just a weird situation. I don't know if I necessarily trust the Mets training staff very much at this point because they have a history of saying dudes are fine and then they, you know, they're gone for months. Um, not saying this is the case here, but I do have um, a little bit of uh, concern has been peaked for me in this uh, I, I'll take the I'll take the positive side of this and hope it's just a natural transgression you know at some point the Yankees are gonna have to try and give Cole a break uh, all these other I mean yeah. there's a few guys and I mean I focus on relievers and, and you know I can say that Tyler Rogers of the Giants before not pitching on Tuesday as of yesterday on Monday, he was on pace for 93 games this season, which would be an unprecedented number in a long time for a reliever. Um, I haven't sat down and looked at some of the starters' projected innings, but I think maybe at the end of May we need to do that and start identifying uh, pitchers that are going to need either a break um, on teams that want to be contenders or just guys that are on paces that we know. I mean, you know, I know the Brewers said that Woodruff was going to throw 175 innings. So if he's on pace for more, something's going to give. They got a break with Burns landing on the IL due to COVID, so they gave him already a natural rest. Um, but but this is something, as if we don't have enough to worry about as as fantasy players, we're going to really have to start figuring out uh, how how workload management's going to affect our starting pitching, which has been you know pitching's been dominant this year. Uh, so. At some point, does this tilt to the hitters with warmer weather? Will the, buy, the will the ball fly differently? Or when pitchers start being um, placed on the injured list to give them a ten days, so two starts off, uh, will that will that tilt things towards uh, the hitting side? Uh, bad news on another top round pick, Fernando Tatis Jr. First, we had the shoulder injury. Now. He is going to be back uh, missing games. He did test positive for COVID, 
They're saying he's asymptomatic, so there was a couple of guys who could not play tonight uh, due to contact tracing. But yeah, I think this, it was Pro Forum Mateo. Yes, but this, not, this puts uh, mm-hmm. this puts the Tish Jr. back on the shelf for another ten days, right? Uh, I believe that's the case. Uh, although it may actually be the concussion one, so it might be like seven days until he tests negative. Right on COVID, you can come off, so he'll have to have two negative right. tests. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's two negative tests within a 24-hour period, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the contract, the contact tracing guys can come back sooner as long as they keep spouting out negative tests. Um, but yeah, but, I mean, but this is this is another back. one of these. We're we're in the middle of a scoring period, so if you're in a weekly thing, he locked in your lineup, and now he's he's probably right. out until the earliest this weekend. Right, and that's assuming it's a mild case. He's asymptomatic, so it probably is. Um, it's also assuming, you know, the other thing we've got to watch for is, you know, it lingers. There's a there's side effects to this. If you if you know you get COVID, it can linger uh, in your system and just keep you kind of fatigued and a little bit out of it for longer than you think it will. So, um, certainly something to to uh, monitor. All right, so um, I mean, this this is the second time his his owners have lost out on him. It's just a tough gamble. Amir Garrett got his uh, suspension reduced by two games, so he worked one point two innings on Monday, which signaled to me that the uh, the hearing or the announcement was coming. So they got as many bullets out of him as they could on Monday night, and now he'll have the next five games off. So at least his fantasy owners know where they stand. Uh, still no safe chance for the Reds. They lost again today it's amazing for as much as we were trying to figure out who we get the saves in this bullpen i believe the team has five so far and we're approaching the middle of may hey that sounds like uh my fantasy team which chris bassett just got a win tonight on tuesday night which is my team's seventh win of the season i have walker bueller dylan sees chris bassett andrew heaney luis castillo is starters uh, I've had Tanner Houck come in as, and start, which he just got shut down with some uh, inflammation there. Yes. So, yeah, I've only got – Bassett just got my seventh win. I'm not going to get a win out of Cease tonight, and then I have to hope that Bueller has a, another um, – yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad for wins. <laughs> it's been a tough year, uh, uh... And some of those aspects. Uh, good news for the Yankees. They got Luke Voigt bat. I know he his second at bat, he got hit by a pitch, and he wasn't happy about it. But he did not have to leave the game or anything. Um, he was hitting all right. He was here in Syracuse when it was cooler weather. Uh, but he was hitting the ball decently uh, in his games, uh, playing for Scranton Wilkes-Barre. Can, I mean, obviously, if you own him, you're going to get him in there at the earliest opportunity, correct? Yeah, I mean, he's going to slot into the middle of that Yankees lineup, um, especially in OBP leagues. He's a very valuable piece for you because he's uh, perhaps the most patient hitter the Yankees have, uh, aside from maybe DJ LeMahieu. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it comes at a very good time for the Yankees who have been struggling offensively. Um, I believe we said last week that they ranked 30th in the league against right-handed pitching, mm-hmm. which is pretty hard to believe. Aaron Hicks, by the way, was scratched. Before tonight's game, I'm not yeah, sure he, what he he followed the ball off his shin the other day. So oh right, the it's the was still there. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, he so, should be back tomorrow, but 
You, know, so you can make the argument he's not really he's not really done anything when he's in the lineup anyway. Although there's, um, you don't have to make that argument. He's on my Tau team, and <laughs> if I bench him, he hits two home runs. If I play him, he go. gets he gets two hits and twenty at bats. That's yeah. That's been, uh, <laughs> yeah, I I haven't got him right all season. Um, Toronto. Speaking of not getting it right. You know, I remember all of the hype with Nate Pearson, and, and I bought into it because I heard the velocity. Um, I know you you tempered my expectations talking about his command issues, which reared their ugly uh, faces again the other night. I think he had, what, four walks early on in his last yeah. start. Um, so they, they just sent him down. Are we going to see Alec Manoa soon? I mean, I, I don't know that how much longer they can keep Manoa him down. Was- that last start was phenomenal from Manoa, right? He, and he was very good in the spring. Or 12 strikeouts. Yeah, very good in the spring. Yeah. Um, so it's not a shock to see Manoa doing what he's doing when they drafted him. I said he's probably going to be a number two starter for them. Um, you know, he was a little bit raw coming out of West Virginia because he hadn't really pitched. He hadn't taken the traditional route to being a college weekend starter. Um which also helps there's less mileage on his arm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's really figured stuff out at this point. So um, they're going to need rotation depth. I would expect Manoa to be up before Pearson is back at this point because they said today specifically that Pearson has to work on his consistency and his, um, you know, um, release point and be more consistently in the strike zone. So that's something that you've got to show over an extended period of time. Um, so, yeah, I would see, I would say that Alec Manoa is probably going to be up uh, before Pearson comes back up. Interesting. So th- this could be one of the last one, depending on your league format, like in NFBC, Manoa won't be listed until he comes up onto the roster. Right. Uh, other formats, if you have a deeper bench, if you want to stash him, you can. Uh, I know AL only. A couple of the a couple of people were bidding on people and uh, willing to swallow the zero for the week to get them on their roster because they have to activate anybody that they bid on. Uh, so, so people are starting to make moves in these deeper formats. Uh, you know, we have uh, we have we'll skip down a little bit here because we have the pending debut of a a show favorite, Jared Kelnick. Uh, supposedly he will be making his debut when Seattle gets back home after their game in Los Angeles. Uh, so I, I, I know you love him. Uh, the, 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 the fancy alarm family knows that I love him. What, what is a, a reasonable headed expectation of him coming up? So I think, um, a reasonable expectation for him is to hit 280 with 20 homers the rest of the way and let's say 12 to 15 steals. That's pretty good. I think he's that good right off the bat. Now, normally say, you say, saying 280 this year is like saying 300 in a different year. Yeah. Now, normally you would go, okay, well, rookies are going to get a diet of fastballs right off the bat because MLB pitchers are like, my fastball is better than anything you've seen in the minors, which is probably not no, true at this they, point. they didn't do that last year with Dylan Carlson. No, they didn't. They gave him off-speed stuff. Here's the difference. Jared Kelnick uh, can adjust to that and is a much more mature hitter in terms of approach and how to wait on, you know, stay back on off-speed stuff and read pitch counts to 
figure out sequencing and whatnot. Plus, um, what else did Seattle have to lose at this point? Their their outfield is heinous in terms of batting average um, and production. So, yeah, I think uh, Kalenic's going to come up and do uh, really, really, really big things. All right. Well, I, I don't play in a league where he was available, so... Uh, yeah, know, there's almost no chance. If, if for some him. reason somebody in your league is sleeping and, and he's still out there, Adam ASAP. However, I, I just don't see him being on many waiver wire. Um, and and uh, kudos to the to the to the jerk water who sent out the he he ended up being prescient. There was a, a fake Mariners account that got me. I always always double check. But they did it as the Mariners PR, which is usually people try and do a fake, uh, you know, a fake Rosenthal or a fake Passan. So I, I didn't right, double check it to see that it was legit. Development. Oh, I know. And I didn't check to see if it was the actual one and I retweeted it. But then, you know, come to come to come to fruition about eight hours later, it did happen. So. I didn't look as bad as, and uh, Jeff Erickson fell for it too, so I didn't feel so bad from Rotowire. But uh, like I said, usually I'm very, very hesitant to retweet those things immediately, but I was so excited that I did it, and, and they still got me. So I hate that stuff. Uh, bad news here for Pittsburgh. Uh, Kyle Crick, who is somebody that was rumored to be uh, a person that they're looking to build trade value on, he landed on the injured list with a tricep strain. Hopefully it's not too serious, but his his velocity never really rebounded. He's been sitting 94 max all season. Um, I don't think they'll be able to do much of him unless he gets in like a, a package deal with Adam Frazier. Uh, I, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, I mean, it's a tricep strain, right? So they got to wait this thing out. And I'm not sure that there's an actual timeline for that right now. Um, so that kind of stinks for my sneaky saves upside there from him uh, right now, but I mean, it is what it is. These guys are getting hurt at a remarkably fast rate. Uh, speaking of hurt, uh, unfortunately we'll, we'll uh, pour one out for Colby Conway. And uh, myself, Byron I Buxton. was rocking Byron Buxton in my home league team too. I took the chance <laughs> on this year. Yeah, a, a good friend of mine teaches a CBA. He had Buxton on his head-to-head league and was reaping rewards and I think he got him for dirt cheap because everyone was unwilling to to bid on him based on his injury pass. Because well, he's going to play a hundred games tops, right? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Now he's injured again. He's got a grade two hip strain. Um, no real timeline that I've seen yet. Have you seen anything about timeline? No, no. I I would think six weeks, but who knows? Probably. Um, so that kind of that kind of stinks. We'll have to hope he comes back and is as hot as he was to start the year with what eight homers and nine steals or now now the good news is, is he's used to coming back from injury so he shouldn't show signs of rust so that that that's one positive so we'll just we'll just get back on the train when he's out there and, and hope that things go well for him it's just a shame they called I wish up, we what, could just Larnack? get a full season yes so he's gonna get some regular playing time obviously alex kirloff was already seeing regular playing time um so if you're a twins fan you're gonna see some of your up-and-coming prospects uh, here for an extended look. Um, Except none of them can work in the bullpen, which is what they need the most. Yeah, exactly, right? Which is funny, because all preseason I read about how great Baldelli was with the bullpen, and it's been an absolute tire fire. 
And I went back through 2019, how he used Taylor Rogers, and it was it was bad. He overused him. He would put him on 1.2 innings pitch and then bring him back the next day instead of giving him an extra day off. It's I, I don't know that Baldelli's the bullpen genius that people think he is, but yeah, I don't uh, think it, so. it's, it's bearing itself out this season. you got to give credit uh, to Aaron Boone for that, though, because over the last few years, he's refused to use guys three days in a row. It right, he will not use Chapman three days in a row. He Correct. won't use anybody three days in a row in that bullpen. So No, and, um, and there is something to that. And even the year I was looking it up, in 2018, when Hader was getting the multiple inning saves, if he did – if he did 1.1 to two innings in an outing, he would get two days off after. Yeah. Which makes sense. You go two innings, you need two days. Right. And that's that's what you need to plan on. Like if you want to get saves from Antone, if he gets a save, then you just plan on the next two days he's out. And that just because that's the same pitching coach. Uh, so that's your that's your segue segment there. Um, I'm still on the AJ Puck is going to return in the bullpen. I don't know how you feel, but Sounds like he's ramping up his rehab. It's almost like he's the pitching version of Buxton. It's like wash, rinse, repeat. But uh, talk me off the ledge with Puck. Uh, no, I think he's coming back as a bullpen guy, too. I don't know that the A's necessarily need another starter in that rotation right now. Um, uh, they, they did bring James Caprillion to Boston. Yes. So he's he must be on the taxi squad. Yeah, because you can't get a guy to travel with the team unless he's on the taxi squad right now and you know obviously he's cleared medically and you know whatever for covid but he was in the dugout in boston today so um yeah i would believe that puck should come back as a reliever a i think the stuff will play better as a reliever because he won't have to pace himself he also won't you know see guys multiple times in a game um the lower workload should help him keep healthier hopefully um I would suspect that they would bring him back in low leverage situations to begin with. Um, and then perhaps if he can show that he's healthy, uh, move him a little closer to the higher leverage spots. Uh, one of your guys might be on his way back soon. Had a good day in rehab, played five innings. Jazz Chisholm. So uh, maybe this weekend, maybe next week. Is that is that something fantasy owners might want to be looking at? Yeah, I think Craig Mish had it more next week, I think, okay. like early next week. Um, I'm hoping for, like, Sunday so I can get him in my lineup. Actually, he's already in my – sorry, he's already in my active roster because I don't have a backup middle infielder, so he's been in there. So it doesn't really matter to me when he comes back because I'm going to get him active anyway. Um, one concern I may have is just how often he's going to try to steal bases right off the bat because mm-hmm. uh, it was a hamstring thing, right? So – um, he might be a little cautious there, but I think he's so electric, it's not going to matter. All right, fair enough. I, I didn't see anything else come through the uh, through the the Twitter feed, but if well, one quick else... note is that JT Realmuto left today's Nats Phillies game in the eighth inning. He took uh, Josh Bell fouled a hundred mile an hour fastball from Jose Alvarado uh, off of. Uh, Real Muto's knee, it hit the pad on his knee, but he was visibly, uh, you know, in discomfort. The trainer came out and checked on him, and then the following half inning, they took him out and pinch hit Andrew Knapp. So that might be something to, to watch for. I'm going to guess it's a day-to-day thing. Um, 
but something to watch for because it is real Muto. And then Chris Bryant couldn't breathe tonight. He had allergy issues, so they took him out of the game because turns yeah, out that was, sports yeah. I, while not breathing is, is not recommended. Yeah, that they, they did that on the uh, TV broadcast, too. They said it was an illness issue, nothing else. So hopefully he'll be feeling better getting himself back into the lineup. Maybe uh, he's the followed Ma- the Nats in, uh, in Cleveland, right? Don't they have a Nats problem? Yeah, and uh, some sort of bug problem in Cleveland. Yeah, that yeah, that was way back when with the playoffs <laughs> with there Jabba. with the Yankees. Yeah, yeah Jabba, um, Jabba Chamberlain. Oh my God, there's a name <laughs> I haven't heard of forever. Uh, Jeff McNeil did leave the Mets game early as well. They thought it might be a hamstring, but they're saying it's just a cramp. So yeah, body same. cramps is what I saw. <laughs> like, what are we hockey now? We got <laughs> we got lower body, upper body, and full body injuries, right? Is that nice. what we're going with? <laughs> Uh, I think we're going with some of these guys don't hydrate, and nope. if it gets muggy and you get out there and doing your thing, it just it just happens. So, all right, let's get into. I know you you have a couple of guys you're nervous about, so we were doing some buy or sell on slow starts. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, uh, I was nervous at him at his draft crap uh, draft capital uh, in the preseason. I only ended up with one share. Uh, do you have a buy or sell on him? Uh, I'd still be holding him. I mean, I'm not going to aggressively go after him if I don't have him. Um, but I'm also not going to sell him right now because I think he's generally a slower starter. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's missed time. And he has missed time. You're right. So, um, And that whole offense hasn't really fully clicked yet, right? Like, there's a few guys going off here and there, but, like, they haven't gotten into that cyclical thing you like to see teams do where they just pass, you know, the next guy picks the next guy up. Um, so I, I'm still holding on Hernandez, um, and he's typically kind of a slower starter to begin with. Anyway. Yeah, I would too. His his hard hard hit stuff is still okay. Um, his expecting batting average is still near 260, which is pretty much where he's going to live in his career. Uh, I, I think he's a streaky guy, so – one of these weeks, he's just going to pop like three or four home runs and everyone's going to take a deep breath and get settled in with him. Uh, Michael Conforto has been hard to read this year. I really expected more from him. What are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, I think this is another product of the lineup, to be frank. Like, it's kind of hard to get going when your entire lineup sucks, right? Well, like, I feel like this whole team's pressing. Now, they did win their right. six in a row today, so maybe this will be... Uh, a watershed moment right? where you just right. kind of and the guy who was and just hitting the playing. best, the guy that was hitting the best, and Brandon Nimmo hasn't been there, right? Because he got right. he, he's on the IL, he got hit on the hand, and that guy was clearly their best hitter, leadoff guy, starts the engines going. Um, so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be terribly concerned with Conforto right now. I think the Mets are just kind of getting into. I mean, remember, a whole bunch of stuff changed for them this off season. So I think they're they're still trying to get into the flow of stuff. They also switched hitting coaches already. Um, yes. So, well, the you know, fictitious one and now a new one. Yes. Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, maybe he'll take a few more uh, dead middle strikes off the elbow and get himself going. All right. So so all preseason, I was doing drafts, and every time I thought I was going to get Luis Castillo, he got taken ahead of me. Uh, he was going in the early second round at the end of the NFBC draft season. Um, so I have zero shares, but I recommended people to take them, and none of them are happy with me right now. So what gives? 
Um, this, yeah, I, I, I know. I know. Uh, Ryan Bloomfield at Baseball HQ put out uh, a tweet where it showed his ERA by temperature. So once it warms up, usually he comes right around. Um, but we know he liked pitching to uh, Kirk Casale, and right. then it's been cold. And the Reds have been a weird team this year. They either win by a blowout or they just they they can't they can't hit. Yeah, they smoked Pittsburgh what fourteen to one the other night, I and think? then lost seven to two today. Yeah, and I mean for goodness sake, Wade Miley threw a no hitter, and then Castillo got flipping pummeled the next day, right? So. They, they've been super weird. Um, I'm seriously hoping he turns it around, though, because I spent 12 bucks for him to be my co-ace with Bueller, and uh, that has not worked out. <laughs> and he pitches in cores this week. Yeah, that's not watching. So, so is that going to be the, the is that going to be the ultimate troll where most of his owners bench him because they don't want to deal with yeah, a go core start, and, and then he's going to he's going to strike out 11 and give up like two earned runs. Yeah, I'll go seven innings with like three hits, two earned, and eleven strikeouts, and people are going to be upset. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hope he figures it out with the catcher or the temperature soon, um, because I'm I can't put up with a whole year of Luis Castillo doing this. So I'll give him a little bit more time because the track record's so good with him for it to warm up. Uh, but if it warms up and he's still doing this, I don't know if you're going to find anybody to take him off your hands. But you know. Yeah, if you were looking to sell him, you need to get a good start or two and then do it if you, you don't you don't trust it. Right. All right. Uh which which one is this? Is this Low or Lau? This is Lau. Brandon Lau. Okay, so Brandon Lau I don't have him anywhere either. He was in a bucket when I was doing my drafts. I just wasn't looking for middle infield where he was going. Um so I got I lucked out again with zero shares. Um he's on the other end of the thing. Exit velocities and everything around baseball is up, and his numbers are all down. So his quality of contact is still is it has been suffering. Is this the league figuring him out, or is he just another guy like Teoscar that needs that needs a hot streak to to get him buoyed and, and and going forward? I think he basically needs a hot streak. I mean, if you look at the strikeout rates, it they're going to be high with with Lau, right? We we've known for a couple of years now that he strikes out a lot. In fact, I'm pretty sure he's coming into tonight. He struck out, I think it's 41 times in 32 games, um, which is not ideal, obviously. Um, he has walked a, an okay amount in that time. I think it's 16 walks, which is okay if you're striking out 41 times, right? Um, he also has six homers, so the power is there when he makes contact, but he's only batting 198. So... Yeah, I think he's. I, I think he's so going to get some like more to Joey fall Gallo in. than Joey Gallo right now. Yeah, I think he's basically got to get some to fall in, um, or you know, hit the other way against the shift or something. Well, that, yeah, um, the the Rays' offense has not been churning at all. No, in fact, Rosarina has been a disappointment. They DFA'd um, Susuko today too. Yes, because yeah. he's been terrible. Or went out for Susu Sudio. Yeah, yeah that's... so I think Lowe is one hot streak away from, from, you know, kind of buoying his average. But, I mean, if you took him, you also knew what you were getting with him, right? You knew right. you weren't going to get a high average. And he plays second base and he's got pop, so it's not like you can really get out from that right now, yeah. right? Correct. Now, Ian Kennedy, 
so much of his value is tied to Texas's record. Yes. Because uh, um, if you own Kennedy and you want to sell high, then you want the Rangers to tank. So then they have to trade him. But if you are looking to hold on him, then you want the Rangers to remain competitive so he stays at the closer position. So it's almost a catch-22 if you own him. I guess if you have Kennedy, you're just going to ride it out. I don't know how you see it, but that's that's kind of the – I mean, he's pitched very well this year. His strike, his strike percentage is up. His strikeouts are up. Um, everything has been improved across the board. He's been more aggressive with hitters. Um, maybe there was some credence to him not being healthy last year with Kansas City. You know, it's funny. We, we, we talked about the beginning of the season, how good Kansas City's bullpen's been, and then they've been suffering. Mm-hmm. And now Kennedy would probably be the best pitcher in that bullpen today. Yeah. I mean, that's an accurate statement. He's got what? Talk nine? about irony. He's got what? Nine saves? Eight saves or nine saves? Um, something like that. So. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting spot for Kennedy because if you really want to trade him right now, you're probably going to have to because he's been a lockdown closer right now, and those are basically impossible to find as we've gone over every week on this mm-hmm. podcast and Greg covers in his uh, articles for The Athletic and, and for us. Um, so, yeah, I had a, a friend of mine who I actually drafted his team uh, for him. I co-drafted his team for him. Um this offseason, he had a, a schedule conflict. And he it's it's like a dynasty league or deep keeper league. He traded uh, Ian Kennedy and got uh, Geraldo Perdomo and Edward Cabrera back for Ian Kennedy right now because the guy really wants to win now and needs saves and then just gave up a, <laughs> a top 10 shortstop prospect and probably the number two starter for Miami uh, as soon as he's healthy. So... Um, yeah, if you want to, if you want to trade Kennedy now, I don't have a problem with it. If no, I don't either. If no. you're wanting to continue to ride the Kennedy train and just milk as many saves out as possible, I'm fine with that too. So, you know, yep. it's kind of a buy and sell with Kennedy. It's, a, you know, an odd one. <laughs> it really depends on needs and, and that's how your roster is constructed. If you can plug two holes by trading them, then you do it. Uh, it, it really depends. Yes. Or if you've got a, you know, six, seven, eight save lead in your league, that's, you know, now now is a time where you can take a chance and move them and then try and cycle somebody else in there. If people start to catch up down the road, uh, Dylan Cease. Now he's been pitching fairly well. He, he left his start after five innings today against the twins. Um, how he does against better competition, I think will be the deciding factor with him. Uh, the gift machine is working with him. He had another one tonight, made a guy look silly on a swing. Um, how are you feeling? I mean, I, I feel like we were all a year too early with Cease. Yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon with these high-velocity arms that they come up and they have control problems, right? That's been Cease's bugaboo, is that his walks are way too high, much like um, Nate Pearson has the same problem right they got a lot of velocity and not necessarily the uh they're they're all arm and not lower body that controls where your pitch actually goes so the drills that he's been doing seems to be uh kicking in before tonight's start he had thrown 13 straight scoreless innings um 
and it really looked good. Now, that was against the Reds and the Tigers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he still struck out seven in five innings tonight against the Twins, a team that hadn't really struck out that much. Only two walks. Um, two walks, so that's a pretty nice ratio. Did give up three earned, but, you know, sometimes some fluky things happen. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm still buying on Dylan Cease, I think. People are still selling him short. Uh, the stuff tells me that he can be a, a frontline starter there if he can control the walks. All right, last one in this segment. Kyle Tucker, uh, I had him highlighted not last week, but the week before. Um, all of his all of his expected stats suggest that he's going to turn the corner. Um, we're not going to get him hitting higher in the lineup. That's been established, but... Uh, I, I think better days are ahead, and he had a very nice weekend coming into the podcast here. So uh, do you share those same thoughts? I do. He had another home run tonight um, off of Otani uh, before Otani left to go play right field. Um, so Give me that outfield of, eligibility, baby. Yeah, exactly. That's what, the second time this year he's played, <laughs> he's played in the outfield at least? Yep. Um, two innings at a time. We'll get there. Yeah, they, they keep putting him in the outfield after he starts because they want to keep the bat in the lineup, and if you take him out, then you lose the DH, and, you know, not so great. Um, so, yeah, I still think Kyle Tucker is no problem, a 2020 guy. Not sure the batting average is ever going to be super high with him. Nah, he's probably going to be but, a 260 hitter, yeah. 270. I mean, I would take 260 with 2020, though, right? Like, Correct. Yes. So, and that's what and people are the league for with a third-round like pick. Two, yeah, league average right now is like 230. So even if he's a 260 hitter, he's still 30 points above league, league average. So, you know, you got, you got to take it in context of, you know, what, what else he's bringing. So I still like Kyle Tucker. It's kind of a slower start. He showed what he could do last year. Um, I think he'll be fine. One sidebar, his teammate Yuli Gurriel hit a six home run. He's batting 333. I was totally out on Yuli Gurriel. Is he making a fool out of all of us? Or is he I just going to so. be one of these every I, other year guys? I think he's still, you know, he's the lineup around him is such that he's still going to get pitches to hit, right? And as long as he's getting pitches to hit, he's going to make contact. So, yeah, is he a 36-year-old first baseman? Sure. Okay. Gurriel's giving you the season that people wanted from Korea, which at this point I don't think is going to happen. No, I don't think Correa is getting the season either. Um, and I think he's going to look like a fool for turning down the contract that he mm-hmm. down. Oh, that was a big mistake. And, yeah, especially given the other shortstops that are up for uh, free agency this, this offseason. Um, he'll, he'll be lucky to get a deal Gregorius got. Lucky to get a deal like Gregorius. Yeah, because he's also got the health concerns too, right? Can you... Can he stay healthy for an entire season, or is the mm-hmm. back thing gonna, you know, pop up? Can he actually hit when somebody's not banging on a trash can for him? Um, you know, those kind of things. So, yeah, I like Yuli Gurriel. That's a guy I'm, I tried to buy on in my home league, but uh, could not make a deal happen. Uh, the the parts and pieces didn't match up to make that happen. But yeah, I I was trying to buy on uh, Yuli this weekend. Interesting. All right. Uh, any bullpen things you want me to to respond yeah, to? Yeah, I was just going to give you a chance to highlight the guys you've been high on over the last week because you, you and I were talking earlier today that the guys you've been high on then also popped as being high in our uh, reliever efficiency metric. 
uh, over the last week as well. So Yeah, but it was interesting because tonight Toronto used Chatwood in the role that Romano used to be in, and then Romano got the save because Romano oh, hasn't been pitching as well. It's, just, it's, it's so frustrating with them. So Chatwood, he went up against Bichette, Vlad Jr. in the eighth inning, and then they brought Romano in for the save in the ninth to face Albies and below. Hmm. And it's been all along, it's been Romano ahead of Merriweather facing the heart of the lineup. So I, I, luckily, I have not had to tread into this Blue Jay bullpen and burn any uh, fob money or waiver wire stuff. And it's going to remain that way. I'm just going to stay away. Um, so Isn't it's possible. I mean, stuff? we knew Romano was in the mix for saves. But this is the first time they've moved him away from the heart of the lineup role and into uh, into the into the ninth inning. Right. Is Merriweather due back soon, or is he already? Well, they had to transfer him to the sixty-day disabled list, which was a push, anyways, with the oblique. Right. Um, so I don't think he can come back till June. Uh, Delise will probably only miss the minimum, so he'll be back in the mix soon. Which is which is why I'm not. I'm not doing a lot to get into this mess because right. uh, Delise, Delise can be days. back in a few right. days. Merriweather can be back at the beginning of June, and then it's all going to start rearing its ugly head again. So let, let somebody else deal with that headache. Although yeah. Chatwood and Barucki have been pitching very well of late. So if they get all of those pieces back, that will be a very good bullpen. And then if they can get Manoa and an arm via trade, they will be a very dangerous team if they start hitting when they're in Buffalo. Yeah, agreed. Because they are moving to Buffalo on, what, June 1st, I think, to mm-hmm. make the move up to Buffalo. Yes. Um, and then Kendall Graveman popped as our number one uh, reliever this week, too, in terms of efficiently pitching in high-leverage situations. Yep. Which You know, we've been talking about Kendall Graveman uh, for a couple of weeks, but he hadn't yet popped to number one, and then this week he was number one. So... He's a bright spot for the uh, for the Mariners who seem but, to be and, having. And the thing is, there though, you can't drop Montero because right. he's he's got three wins and four saves. Right, so he's helping you in both. He's one. Of he's got guys. one less save than the Reds. <laughs> and he's that's, not even their number one option. <laughs> that's ridiculous. And then lastly, what what are we doing with the Dodgers at this point? Because I just saw they lost. Um, They've lost, I think, 10 straight one-run games, if I'm not mistaken, this year. Something like that. And, and um, the last save was by Blake Trinan. Yeah. They say because he was warming up. I put that – I rewatched that game because I saw it happening. So in the morning um, on my iPad – my iPad's easier to go back and watch the games on. So I rewound right to the eighth inning, and, and Hershiser was – Talking about um, they'll have Jansen in the ninth, and then it was Trinan. And and he looked very good. He locked down the save. Um, and then they used Jansen two days later in a non-save outing. Hmm. Um, now, now Jansen, he had three walks against the Cubs, but two of them were intentional. And he got the inning-ending double play, but he had blown the save prior to that uh, on a single. Um but I went through his stuff. So he's had 13 appearances this year. Um, in 11 of them, he's had at least one walk. He's only had two clean outings all season. 
Now, even if you take away the three intentional walks this year, he still has a walk rate of 18%. Jeez. Um, right. So, I mean, you, I mean, if you look at his walk rate without it, it's even uglier. It's in the 20s. So I, I was nice. I even benefit of doubt. I subtracted the intentionals just to get a truer representation. Um, but he's not throwing a lot of strikes and it's, it's, it's been a, a struggle. So there was that one weekend where he was throwing those nasty pitches and they were flying all over the place. Um, however, since then it's been back to the Kenley Jansen that we saw from the second half of 2019 through um, 2020 season. Uh, so I really don't know. And, and the bigger issue is, is that they have so many injuries. Um, right. You know, they just don't have the depth that, you know, they didn't have a super deep bullpen last year. It looked better this year with Knabel and the other stuff. But now with, with them out, they're down to Jimmy Nelson, Victor Gonzalez, Blake Trining are like the, the only three relievers they seem to trust. And it's really Trining or Gonzalez. Um, so we'll have to see. Uh, if you're a Jansen owner, you want to see him get a save or two uh, this week. Uh, but if you see another trying and save when Jansen's available, uh, it's it's time to start to worry. And yeah. there was a lot of main event leagues with people bidding on Trinan. Well, it doesn't shock me. The rumors were flying about Kenley Jansen coming in. We, we know the Dodgers are going to go on a run. I mean, you would expect it, right? They're, what, they, they've one? lost 15 of the last 20. They're going to have a run opposite of that that's going to balance things out. So. Yeah. Um, if that happens and trying to somehow usurps Jansen in that role, then he becomes a terrific, uh, a terrific target this weekend. If he's still out there, I, I don't know that he will be. Um, and I'm not saying Jansen's going to be displaced as the closer, but he's back on thin ice and he's a free agent at the end of the season. So it's not right. like Roberts has to tiptoe around it anymore. Exactly. So. Uh, you know that was kind of the, that was kind of the thought going into the season is that you know Kenley's a free agent at the end of the year. He's kind of been rough the last year and a half or so, not quite as locked down as we've expected him to be. There were some key points last year, even in the playoffs, that they were not going to Jansen. Um, so it's certainly something to watch. And then um, and then one last one I just saw this scrolling across Twitter. Um, Jason uh, Master Donato, I don't know if I just butchered that guy's last name or not, but he writes for the Boston Herald. He said, since May 1st, Red Sox relievers not named Matt Barnes are 1-5 with a 7.20 ERA. Um, are we only trusting Matt Barnes at this point? <laughs> um, yes. Well, Garrett Whitlock has been okay. Um, yeah. He, he gave up a three run home run the other day. That's the first earned runs he's given up all season, but he's, he's there. He's in a multi inning, like two inning role. So then he get he has to be out for two days. Um, Darwin's and Hernandez had a very good weekend in Texas. We just need him to keep throwing strikes. He's, he's where Matt Barnes was last year. Um, and it's funny you brought up Barnes because, um, he was a highlight of the article today. Uh, he's in, he's throwing strikes 10% more often this year. So last year he threw strikes 62%, uh, you know, of his total pitches this year, uh, it, it's gone up 10 and then you can see the difference in the results. He, he didn't believe the analytic team that by throwing strikes, it would unlock his arsenal, but it's actually worked to, to, to do that. Um, so now he is totally 
you know, locked in and believes in his stuff. And he's a different pitcher right now. Um, and, and we've seen that bear out with where he stands in the rem and everything else. But yes, the if, if Boston's truly going to be a contender, then uh, they're they're not going to keep Adam Adovino in the eighth inning. So they, they're going to have to add somebody else. And Matt Andrews uh, struggled in his outing uh, last time. Uh, yes. So uh, again, teams like Pittsburgh that has a bunch of relievers to offer to folks uh, are going to be. Uh, reaping the rewards if they do it wisely, not to mention the fact that I was complaining to you off air that Ramsey Contreras, who the Yankees traded to get Jamison Tyone mm-hmm. uh, in, in double A through six innings, I believe, of no, no hit baseball yes. with 11 strikeouts. I mean, no it's nice to get Tyone, but I can't give up on a 21-year-old doing that. That's just craziness. Yeah, I... You know when they make that's they gonna haunt me. Trade. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna watch him now, and he's just gonna haunt me every year. He's gonna be the Yankees version of Kelnick, not yeah. to that level, but it's it's gonna it's gonna bite us in the butt. Guy has got some electric stuff for sure. I saw uh-huh. him throwing a spring game, and and it jumped off the screen. Yeah, it's when they he announced hitting the trade, and no people effort. were like, people were like, well, they're just some so-so prospects from the Yankees. I'm like, um, just because they're like ranked 10th through 15th for the Yankees doesn't mean that they're so-so. It just means the Yankees farm system was pretty dang deep. Um, and, you know, this is also why the Yankees can't seeming seem to get homegrown pitching depth because they don't keep it in-house. But yeah, they, they've given away, I don't know, three or four really solid starting pitchers in the last uh, handful of seasons. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's yes, I know. They're they're all over the majors. So uh where's NASCAR heading this weekend? Uh Dover, Delaware, actually, the Monster Mile. Okay. Uh, is I've been there. Cap. That's a uh, fun track. Four hundred laps around uh the Monster Mile. So it should be uh, a pretty interesting race. Dover is usually one of those races where it's very physically demanding on the drivers and the equipment. Uh, so don't be shocked to see cars break. Um, and uh, you know, Dan Malin will be taking care of the Sunday adjustments for me. I have uh, I will be out of town for the day on Sunday. Nice. Uh, heading down oh, to- oh, by the way, uh, one other prospect update. Jaron Duran just hit his second home oh. run tonight. That guy hit the first one was an absolute mammoth bomb, uh, and I'm pretty sure it was lefty on lefty, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, same uh, same deal. Um, Boston needs outfield help. Boston needs outfield help. Uh, this kid has speed, and now he's starting to oh. swing for power. Uh, so if you have a chance to get Jaron Duran uh, stashed away. Uh, this weekend might be the last time you can do it on the cheap. Yep. Hint, hint. I think I wrote about him two weeks ago in the prospect report um, for that exact reason that they've got Branchy Cordero and uh, Renfro know, did show a little sign of life this week, but yeah, it's, it's right. I mean, but they also an, need... outf- an outfield of Marwin Gonzalez, Hunter Renfro, or Ranch- Franchi Cordero in a three man rotation until Kike Hernandez gets back just doesn't really give you a warm fuzzy. Yeah. Or, um, who was out with a foot infection in spring? They they have a um, another guy who's like a first baseman outfielder. Um, 
I'm blanking on his name now. Oh, Danny Santana. Yeah, there you go. Um, he's on a rehab assignment right now. But, again, they need speed. And Jaron Duran's, like, the fastest dude in minor league baseball. So, uh, yeah, he'll be up by the end of this month for sure. Uh, and, yeah, I wrote about him. I wrote a blurb about him a couple of weeks ago in the Prospect Report um, for that exact reason. So, if you want a guy who can go out and steal, I don't know, 15 or 20 bags in the next five months, that would be Jaron Duran. All right. I got to figure out who I'm going to do my behind the breakout on. I'm leaning Carson Kelly, but we'll have to see what happens. That would be a good one. Yeah. That guy's an absolute fire. Yeah, it's funny. Everybody was talking about how uh, Varsho could be a top five catcher, and there was a top five catcher on the Diamondbacks, but it was Carson Carson Kelly. Kelly. I was very high on Carson Kelly coming into the season. I just couldn't get any shares of him. Um, Or you could do your behind the breakout uh, about Yasmani Grandel's bizarre stat line the last like week. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The, the guy walks, is hitting yeah. 0, 0, 0, 636 Because yeah. he has so many flipping walks. He's been on base 63. OBP gold. Time. Oh, he did hit a home run today. So Oh, one for, what does that make him? One for 10? <laughs> I think he's one for 10 with 14 walks. In the yeah, last three run home run off of Kenta Maeda. Unbelievable. <laughs> He's unbelievable. Uh, uh, the, yes. All right. So, anyways, yes, keep an eye on that. My streaks and uh, the streaks and hitter, hot or not, comes out on Friday for myself. And then I know uh, I got a bunch of DFS this week. I got to teach John about that. I, I need to keep that at around four. But uh, I do have the Saturday pitching coach and Sunday hitting coach. Uh, today, yeah, I have the my... value vault on Thursday and the value vault on Saturday. I like the value vault. I never get that. Uh, anyways, so uh, thanks again. I hope you and the family feel better after the shots tomorrow. Uh, keep everything going. Keep the momentum rocking with NASCAR. And uh, until next time, Fantasy Alarm family, we are out.